Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Time down, the Lightning with the Stanley Cup. They have reached the top of the mountain. They are the Stanley Cup champs. Hello and welcome, episode 11 of For Future Considerations. Matthew Michelle, Manny Pava, John Rashad. Before we get uh, going here, and, and I mean, we're bound to get off track at some point. That, that intro really is good, isn't it? <laughs> we're just sitting back listening to it as it starts. And I'm like, man, that's, that's like Rocky music. We should <laughs> submit it for an award. Absolutely. John Rashad's production is amazing. How are you doing, John? Good. How are you guys? Good. I think I uh, really like I listen to to a lot of podcasts, thousands of podcasts, and that's probably the best intro music that I've heard. It really. And I was thinking about it. Who found that while intro it was music, playing? by the way? I, I, I did. So, <laughs> I was, but Rashad's put all the audio and all that stuff together. I just found the link and I'm sitting there like I, I swear the way that ours is put together behind maybe John Tesh's NBA on NBC. <laughs> That might be the second best theme song of all time. <laughs> really? Next to The Price is Right, I don't know what is better. I don't know. <laughs> really? Like, uh, screw John Tesh and his music. Like, I think... Oh, that's such a great tune. <laughs> I think they're using that for college sports on Fox now, right? Oh, Remember really? Really? Yeah. Really? Ooh. Wow. Interesting. I guess I, I was thinking if NBC would have a problem with that, but I guess it's... John Tesh's work, right? He can right. do whatever he wants with it. Imagine the yeah. royalty checks that guy's still getting. John Tesh. I once had um, a, a work at an insurance company. I once had a, a caller. They, every once in a while, the callers were like, you have a really nice voice. You're this and that. The one woman told me, you know who you sound like? John Tesh. I'm like, really? So then I'm YouTube and the rest of the day listening. You know what? I don't sound anything like John Tesh. That guy sounds like peanut butter and uh, and velvet. That ain't, that ain't me. Sometimes I still sound like a 13-year-old. Um, let, let's play the money game. Let's play the money game. I knew we were going to get off track. I shouldn't have brought it up. How much is John Tesh worth? Worth. Wow. Even the the entertainment tonight, he must have been decent, getting decent coin there. How many millions, John Rashad? What do you think, Rashad? I gotta oh, say twenty something. Yeah, he's got to be um, because he still does that nightly radio show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So wow. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's over twenty. Wow. Oh man, it's over twenty million. Okay, John, what do you think? Oh, okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go thirty-five. Ooh. Oh, I was I, I was going to say 35 million and one, but I think 35 might be a little bit, a little pushing it. I'll say over. So okay. the, the prize package goes to Matt because it's $30 million. 30 million. Good Isn't for him. Worth wow. 30 million. Man, oh man. Dollars. That's all right. Uh, oh. I hate it when people go over on the prices, right? I can't believe I just did that. You did. <laughs> I'm you like, did, yeah, bum. You should have bet a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt still would have won, buddy. So, if we're playing prices right rules, what would Matt be the what would be the most prices right thing you could do on the prices right? Do you think it's going up there and betting one dollar? 
Because, like, the games, I mean, what you, you don't get to pick the games, right? You don't right. get to spin the wheel or whatever. But like, be- the double showcase would be unbelievable in yeah. getting it that close. But to go up there and be like, one dollar, Bob. Well, <laughs> if you get in early in that front yeah. row, you can play as often as you like because oh, you know sure. they're going to play games. You could say one dollar a few yep, times. Yep, yep. <laughs> and still remember gonna... thinking of some of the legends that were on there. There's the guy that bets one dollar a little too early, so the next person says three dollars, <laughs> yes. and the place is just rocking. <laughs> is there is there a favorite game on the Prices Right that you remember? Oh, I always liked Plinko. I think that's a, that's an easy one. What about the? It was always the uh, wheel. Yeah, yeah. I liked when they just punched the holes in the thing, and they then he pulled out the. Uh, uh, the card for whatever the the money the cash value was, and he'd pull it out, and it would be like five hundred dollars. You'd have to decide to either put it back or draw another one, and the, you'd end up drawing the next one. It's like a dollar seventy five, right? You know, but they're still jumping around and stuff. My favorite is the Swedish mountain climber. Do you uh, that's the a music? great one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> How many times do you think Bob Barker has been kissed on the cheek? Uh, too many. Oh my goodness, too many. Even before COVID, I thought that was a problem. (laughs) You know, one day you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, And it came pretty quick, actually. (laughs) Listen, the price is right is no fantasy hockey. No, no. uh, You could win at the price is right, Manny. I don't know about fantasy hockey, but you might have a chance to win at the price is right. Matt killed me last week. So we're in this fantasy fantasy hockey hockey league. I I got into this this uh, this group with uh, another group of our friends that uh, we do uh, a TV broadcast up uh, in in Owen Sound with uh, for that. And so we got into that and... uh, 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 my team was good. We did the draft. We talked about our draft and stuff, and we both liked our teams. I tried to make a, a trade, and the, the league went haywire yes. uh, because uh, other people didn't think that I was uh, uh, I, I was it was a fair deal, um, even though the other person did wholeheartedly and uh, agree to it. Um, but this week, uh, this past week, Manny and I played against each other, and uh, it was ten. It's ten categories, so one we ended up tying on. I forget which one it was. But I won the other eight. <laughs> wasn't even so, close. <laughs> no, it was it was never even close. Every dog has its day. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's fine. We still have the same record in the league. I know. You, you beat me badly last week. Yeah, and I'm getting hoopied some, this week, so what does it matter? For some reason, your goalies got six shutouts last week. My goalies are insane. That's craziness. I got I got all three Dallas Stars goalies, <laughs> including Ben Bishop, who's just sitting on IR right now. Mike Smith, who's the next coming of uh, of the Vesna for the Edmonton Oilers, yeah. and uh, and um, Vasilevsky. So it's a decent decent enough goaltending. John, when was the last time you played fantasy sports? Oh, um, I think it was two thousand and six or two thousand and seven. I don't know if I told you guys this story before or if I've told it on the podcast, but. Every time I would go into work, I'd be trying to work, and someone would come walking down the hall and go, really? Really? That's the trade you're proposing? And so I just got sick of it, and I've never done it since. I know. Well, that's that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to make trades. Like, there's no money on the line for this thing. It's not a keeper league. 
Like, let's just have some fun and pretend to be GMs for a while. I make it a, a trade offer. I, I was surprised that the other person accepted it. They accepted it. And then one of the other buffoons that in our league went onto the message boards like, you should vote against this one. This is not fair. I'm like, whoa. Okay. Yeah, so, down, Brian Burke. Yeah, so yeah. I've changed my team name in the league to No Fun Zone, and I'm just going to sit there on the waiver <laughs> wire the rest of the year. <laughs> But I beat Manny in week five or six or whatever in, so I'll take it. So he's won his championship already because yeah, he beat right. me last week. That's right. <laughs> May not win another week, but hey, we, we got we got one against the big cat. <laughs> and we have a lot of topics coming up for this week. But uh, first, we'll sidebar again and just say congratulations to Rob from Owen Sound, who knew the answer to the missing link on the last episode of the podcast. Yeah, so the, uh, the names that we gave you on that one, uh, Anzi Kopitar, Mark Edward Vlasic, and Andrew Cogliano, and uh, the missing link between them. And we had some great guesses. We had uh, a couple of people that yeah. uh, that were real close, and um, a lot of wrong answers. A couple that weren't at, at but, all close, but we had a few right answers. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. Rob from Owen Sound was uh, was the closest. So the uh, the answer to that is Sidney Crosby. They're all members of the 2005. Uh, NHL draft. Um, we talked about Sidney Crosby last week and just, you know, where he ranks in the top five. And we're going to get to some of your thoughts on those as well. Um, but uh, Andrew Cogliano, Mark Edward Vlasic, and Anzi Kopitar are the three players in the NHL right now that have played more games than Sidney Crosby in their NHL careers. Yeah, they reached the thousand game plateau before Sid the yeah. Kid, even though. They were drafted after. Exactly. So at this point, uh, Crosby was at 1,004. Uh, Cogliano's at 1,028. Vlasic's at 1,054. Kopitar at 1,093. So he's played the most games out of anybody from that draft class. And it's funny because uh, I was thinking it might have been something to do with Iron Man streaks. So Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're on the right track. But I'm uh, still, uh, my win-loss is still zero for uh, all of these that we've done. There you go. Yeah, we did have uh, one guess of the play of uh, the guys uh, being all playing for California teams, which it, it is not Te- technically is yep. correct, but not the answer not we, were what we were going for. for. Yeah, yeah. Right. And we also heard from people who love the story about uh, you guys having a drink in the broadcast booth. <laughs> yeah, what are you guys drinking right now? Uh, I got a beer. I don't know about you, but right. I got a beer. So uh, I'm drinking a Bud Light, nice and easy today. What are you drinking? I had uh, I had a Pepsi, uh, 591 milliliter Pepsi that had chugged half of it, and I've replaced it with uh, some Forty Creek. John, what do you got? Nice. Uh, I had uh, chocolate milk earlier, but now I'm. Uh... <laughs> Jeez, maybe that's the key to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. Two for four forty four at Circuit K right now, <laughs> and uh, and now oh. I'm having a McLean's uh, that cherry beer that they have. Oh boy, we better hurry um, this I up. Then. A, I recommend a palate, uh, palate cleanser between the two. Yeah, <laughs> cherry beer chocolate after milk. chocolate milk. You know the the pink Whitney's uh, one thing of mixing. <laughs> <laughs> Lemonade and, uh, and vodka, but chocolate milk oh, and cherry beer. I don't think I'll be doing that uh, next week. <laughs> well, if you do, make sure there's video of it because we want to see what your face looks like with the aftertaste afterwards. We got some good feedback too last week about the top five players of all time in the NHL. Uh, someone had Martin Brodeur in their top five, giving goalies yeah. a little bit of respect. Okay. I uh, had a had more than one person in my DMs who had Nicholas Lidstrom mm-hmm. in their top five. We yeah, talked a little bit about he's that. He's got to be. Week. He's got to be up there for sure. He's got to be up there. So, 
No, we appreciate it. And, and that wasn't the only feedback we got, was it, Rashad? No, we also had some feedback about Daft Punk from episode nine and wondered how we couldn't pick Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger as the best song ever. That was a pretty good song, too. That is a too. good song. Yeah, yeah. that is a good song. Yeah. No, no argument it's there. Not, but. It's not Get Lucky, but it's still a yeah, pretty good yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you didn't listen to any of the episodes last week, go back. Uh, have a listen on any of the platforms where you get your podcasts, including Spotify and Apple iTunes. Yeah, you can find us as well uh, on on all of the social media, uh, Podcast FFC on Instagram and on Twitter uh, for future considerations on Facebook. Email us as well for future considerations at gmail.com. And now on the show today, we'll play some rapid fire. We'll talk about goalie fights and what is wrong with the Montreal Canadiens? What has happened there? But first, we want to start with big news from the NFL. First and 10, two-minute warning. Look out from behind. Here comes Watt. And second time, he has gotten to the quarterback. J.J. Watt is signed with the Arizona Cardinals. It's a two-year deal worth $31 million. 23 of that is guaranteed. Guys, what are your thoughts? Are you surprised? Because I was surprised he signed in Arizona. Yeah, me too. I didn't mm-hmm. think Arizona was the place he was going to sign. And in the end, I guess it was Arizona, between Arizona and Buffalo, that he announced the, where he was going to sign. But, you know, I, I have to wonder, is he taking this for the guaranteed money? I know he was offered more money overall as part of a contract, but the guaranteed money is a lot of money. Um, and during his news conference, he talked about how important it was uh, to play with Kyler Murray and his former buddy DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. of the Houston Texans. So he, he's going from one young QB who's a stud in Deshaun Watson to another promising young QB in, in Kyler Murray. Um, maybe that's what it came down to for. Yeah, and I think you know we all had uh, an idea that it was going to be the emotional choice. It was going to be either going back uh, to Wisconsin and, and playing for the Packers, playing with his brother in Pittsburgh. Um, I, to me, it just ended up probably being the most guaranteed money that was on the table. I don't know what uh, those other teams may have offered as far as one year, two years, what they were giving him. Uh, Vance Joseph is in Arizona as well, who was his defensive back coordinator or uh, DB coordinator for a couple years uh, in Houston before that. So there's some familiarity there. Chandler Jones offered to be a chef, so that's pretty good. <laughs> that, and and now you know, in looking uh, in looking at some of the, uh, the the numbers that are out there on JJ Watt, he's the the most double teamed uh, defensive back in the NFL. Now you know he he might be able to create some space. He had a season or a career low in sacks last year. Might be able to free himself up a little bit more in, in that spot as well. Uh, to me, it's um, I, I think even the fact that it was this early. Uh, makes me think that there really was only one or two choices and, and maybe he wasn't entertaining Green Bay or, or Pittsburgh or that. The team itself is the surprise to me. Um, you know, I, I don't think that this move makes them a Super Bowl contender. Uh, also, in that division, uh, you've got the Seahawks who are dealing with some drama right now, whether that turns into anything or not. You've got the Rams who we've all agreed have gotten better in the off season with the, the deal for Matthew Stafford. There's only been seven times since 2003 that three teams from the same division have made the playoffs. So it's not a guarantee. And Arizona was the third team uh, and the odd team out of those three this year too. Does a healthy JJ Watt, make the difference in having to win some of those interdivision games uh, against those teams because you're going to have to beat the Rams. You're going to have to beat uh, the the Seahawks to get into the playoffs. You're going to play them that much. 
I don't I don't know. Um, I don't know that this gets him any closer to a Super Bowl championship. Yeah, I don't think I agree with you wholeheartedly there because sure, their pass rush will be great, mm-hmm. right? Like J.J. Watt's sack total may not be as good as somebody else's, but he still was one of the most disruptive defensive linemen in the league last mm-hmm. year. Just because he didn't have the sack numbers, I, I think you have to look at the other stats like pressures on the for QB sure. or, sa- or or tackles for a loss because mm-hmm. he had a lot of those in the backfield. But um, I think this is just one piece that Arizona needed to get better. There were other pieces mm-hmm. that they needed to get better. And because you, sh- you signed J.J. Watt to this huge deal, I don't know how much money you have left over in a very stale salary cap era because right. of the pandemic how much more money you have to add pieces. For example, Hassan Reddick, uh, he's a free agent. This all but guarantees he's not going to re-sign with Arizona. Uh, Chandler Jones may have to restructure his contract. Fair enough. So they have some money to sign some other players that Mm -hmm. they need to get over the hump. And the other point that you made, you know, that division is tough. The NFC is very tough. You yeah. still have New Orleans. You still have Tampa Bay. You still have Green Bay. Mm-hmm. You the still- Washington Football Club <laughs> team, whatever you want. Not really. Them. And I'm not going <laughs> to nah. say the Eagles either. But <laughs> nah. the Dallas Cowboys should be better again. So mm-hmm. you have a number of teams there that you have to compete against. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a big year for Arizona. If they don't make the playoffs again, they might fire their coach. And I just don't think J.J. Watt moves the needle that much for them to become a championship contender. Now let's move on to hockey. And uh, something is wrong in Montreal. The Canadians have fired coach Claude Julien and associate coach Kirk Muller. Manny, they're your team. What's going on? Is it time to panic in Montreal? He's just chugging right now. Give him a second. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take a big gulp there. I had to take a big gulp. The... Uh, uh, Honestly, I wasn't surprised mm-hmm. that the move was made, and uh, uh, this is why. But I don't. Just to answer your other question, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button in Montreal just yet. But I'm not surprised, and it comes down to the offense. When Claude Julien was fired in the six games previous, Montreal was 0 for 10 on the power play. So that tells me two things: one, your power play stinks. Mm-hmm. Kirk Muller was in charge of the power play. That's why he lost his job. Add into the fact that Montreal's power play has been dismal for the last three years. Right. So Kirk Muller lost his job. The other point, how do you only get 10 power plays in six games? That tells me that you're chasing the puck a lot. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of puck possession in your game. Uh, you're just dumping it and you don't have control of the puck because you draw penalties when you have the puck. And when... You're not creative offensively. If you're stuck chasing the puck, you're not drawing power plays. Um, your team suffers for that. And I think that lack of creativity offensively hurt Claude Julien. When Montreal got off to that great start, they were averaging more than five goals a game. Right. And the power play was clicking. Teams caught up to them. The coaches caught a game plan against Montreal, and all of a sudden Montreal's offensive key creativity dried up. Sure, Carey Price has struggled. He's making the saves on the big shots, but letting in some weak goals. Mm-hmm. But I think this decision was based on the offense, and I, for one, support the move, especially in a shortened 
pandemic season. And uh, for me, uh, you know, you you only as a general manager get so many cracks at it with with so many coaches. And, and Mark Vergeran, uh, time has run out uh, as far as I can I can see. You know, and, and we you can look at some of the signings that he's made this year. Uh, Anderson's been very good. Toffoli's been good. Edmondson's been good. But to me, as an outsider, uh, as far as the the Habs are concerned, Carey Price makes almost eleven million dollars. Shea Weber makes almost nine to your salary cap. And right now, uh, you know, Carey Price has a goals against average of over 3.1, a save percentage of under 890, and Shea Weber's a minus two. Uh, you know, for, for those two individuals and, and the two guys that have the, the biggest spotlight on them, uh, that's certainly not going to be good enough in Montreal. And Mark Bergeron, uh, to me, is the, the next name on the list. I agree. Like he made this move to save his job, but are you blaming the players more than the coaches? I'll never blame the player, the players more. Um, I, I'm just drawn to those particular numbers. I, I think Mark Bergevin put them in a pretty good spot with some of the signings that they made in free agency this year. Obviously, there have been times this year that Montreal has been clicking and, and was one of the top teams in the NHL. Um, but when uh, when you're counting on it, end of the end of the day, the the Montreal Canadiens are only going to go as far as Carey Price is going to take them. And right now, Carey Price is not good enough. And it's a big hit to what the salary cap is and, and what Montreal can do about it. Yeah, but Carey Price is going to fix himself. Like, if if the other teams have caught up to you after a hot start and have figured out your game plan so that you're not controlling the play, you're not controlling puck possession, and you're not scoring on the power play, if the other coaching staff has caught up to you and have been able to shut down those areas... What have, are you doing as a coach to change that up? Mm-hmm. And I did not see anything from Claude Julian or Kirk Muller for that matter. And it's just interesting, uh, of course, this year when you're only playing six, seven teams all the time. So something has been figured out along the line about Montreal. And, and I, I'm with you in the, saying that it, the time had come. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. And now it's time for our play of the week, brought to you by Next Level Athletics. Yeah, Shane uh, Topolovic, based in Windsor, specializing in sport training, nutrition, to prepare your body for the next level. He could flip the Montreal Canadiens around. Sure, he could. With a couple of F bombs and. <laughs> They'd be all set. <laughs> Talk a little Frenchy. I dare you to say to Polovic five times <laughs> after a lemon water. <laughs> That's all he drinks. That's all he drinks. Oh, and the play of the week, it's another fantastic save by a goalie in the NHL. Ponick had a couple of helpers. Nice passing. Sherry, incredible save by Linus Olmar. Oh, my God. That's going to be a highlight reel tonight for sure. What a stop. Just throws his body across. It looked like he got his hockey stick in the paddle of it. Shades of 1980s goaltending right there. The old school two-pad slide and a fabulous stop from Linus Olmark. Unbelievable. 
Not a lot going right in Buffalo right now, but that save was amazing. Huge save, but uh, no, that's a a bright light in a very dim, dim season for the Buffalo Sabres. Did you see that Jack Eichel was contradicting his coach and Jeff Skinner in the second year of a multi-year deal? Can't get on the ice. No, it's just getting healthy, scratched, and it's it's a it's a bad scene in Buffalo. It has been for a long time, but I don't think they've had as much talent as they have right now, and it's it's certainly not getting any better. And speaking of goalies, we saw a goalie fight in the East Coast Hockey League last week, and uh, we shared that on our social media. So if you haven't seen that, go back and check that out. We also saw. Jordan Binnington fight the entire San Jose Sharks <laughs> yes. Yes. He tried, at least he tried. Yeah. Binnington went right over to their bench. Something was said there, and he went right over and gave Shimmick one, and now he's going to go by their player. F- Showing some feistiness, as he always does. Now he's going to go over to David Dubnik. Here we go. So a fired-up Binnington is lifted here. See here, he's going by, and then someone must have said something, obviously. And then he, Louis, somebody 15, on the bench says something, but he gives Shimmick a little bit of a nudge right there. And now he's going by, and I think this was Carlson there. Gives him a little fake blocker. Never hit him there. And now he's looking over at Dubnik and say, yeah, you want to go? Let's go then. Gives him a little swat. Linesman get in there. I uh, show some fire, that kid. He's feisty. Yes. He's very feisty. I remember one game. In Owen Sand, I was calling the game on Rogers TV. Owen Sand was playing the London Knights, and there was a brouhaha on the ice, basically a line brawl. And I believe it was Michael Hauser who was in goal for the London Knights, and Bennington was in goal for Owen Sound. And they kept just shooting the puck back and forth to each other, and then mm-hmm. they skated out to center ice. The problem was Owen Sound had Scott Stager as the backup goalie. London's backup goalie was a junior C call-up. <laughs> so you've never seen Dale Hunter and Dylan Hunter more animated in your life telling Hauser or whoever the goalie was to get back into yeah. his goal because they could not afford to lose their starting goaltender to get kicked out of the game. It was unbelievable. And I guarantee that Jordan Bennington knew what he was doing trying to egg on the fight. And uh, Bennington's been involved in a number of fights in the AHL. If you go on YouTube, you'll be able to see them. He's feisty. He's not afraid of the fisticuffs. No, he's a competitive spirit and, and a, a high-energy guy and, and the perfect example you know, was the post-game interview a couple years ago. You guys have had so many close games these last couple of weeks. It, it would seem to be pretty uh, nerve-wracking. Is it nerve-wracking to you? You're, you're a flat liner, but it seems pretty exciting hockey. Do I look nervous? <laughs> no. <laughs> What's your answer? The look in, in, in his eye, like he is an extremely confident young man, and, and he probably uh, thinks that he, he could have taken that whole team down if, if it ended up getting to it. He wasn't getting a lot of respect during that playoff run when the reporter asked the question. Yeah. Now, to, now that he's won a cup and he's got St. Louis battling hard this season in the NHL, he's getting a lot more respect. But I wouldn't be surprised if he might drop the gloves again if, if, if the matter calls for it. And we've talked about the media before on the show, and there was another media sports story in the past week. The Blue Jays aren't going to have a radio broadcast team this year. Instead, they're going to simulcast the TV feed on radio, and they're blaming it on the pandemic. What do you guys think? I don't know, Rashad, if you and I are going to differ on this. I think this is, this is bad. This is a bad sign. This is, you know, a, a company that um, is... This is Rogers, right? Rogers is the owner that it, that's monopolizing how you can get their their sports team. 
in the Major League Baseball package that you you can buy through MLB, the Blue Jay games are are blacked out. Um, so how do you get the Blue Jays? You have to buy television subscriptions, which guess who you're buying it for for the most part. The the broadcast, you know, talking about its travel and the costs that they're saving in travel. Last year, a lot of these teams, and I don't know if the Blue Jays were uh, were one of them, to be honest with you. A lot of these teams had their radio broadcasts being done from these guys' houses. Yeah. It doesn't cost them anything. And then, again, you know, you follow some of the tweets and stuff like that, and people get upset, of course, when it's the big corporations, when it's the Bell, when it's the Rogers. And the first number you see when you're looking at it is, you know, Rogers' fourth quarter, they made $449 million, and this is what they have to do to cut costs because of the pandemic. It's it's such an exciting offseason for the Blue Jays. Again, there's a lot of promise there. They go and get George Springer. I think this ruins it. It all. I think you're making you've never made a pandemic included and more difficult to see your team, and it may not be any more exciting than it is right now. John, I want to hear from you because you're a Blue Jays fan. What do you think about it? Okay, well, um, I have opinions on the big cable and phone companies in Canada and how they're uh, always looking for a way to save a dollar, make a dollar. Um, I looked this up this week. When you buy Sportsnet through your cable provider and you pay your $100 cable bill, Sportsnet gets $3.75 of that. When you buy Sportsnet now, you're paying $34.99 a month to get all the content. So that's a 930% markup Uh, when you think you're cutting your cable and saving a bit of money. So I know how this went. Someone sat around in a boardroom and they went, well, how much more are we going to milk from people when they try to buy just Sportsnet online? And someone said, oh, you know what? Let's mark it up a thousand percent. And someone's like, okay, well, we can't do a thousand, can we? And someone said, ah, how about 900? And then they all laughed maniacally. Lightning happened outside because they're all evil. And that's what they went with. And they're charging us 930% more than we would have to pay if we had Sportsnet on cable. So that's my thought on how evil the broadcasting companies are. But on the other hand, I grew up in BC and um, during my entire childhood, the Vancouver Canucks had radio and TV simulcasts because there weren't that many games on TV. Mm-hmm. So they just used the radio broadcast. And if they do a radio broadcast for TV, you can't tell. It sounds great, I think. And I think Dan Schulman, being their play-by-play guy, he knows how to do radio because he's done the World Series mm-hmm. for ESPN Radio and he's done Sunday Night Baseball on radio. So I think it may not be as bad as people think it's going to sound, but it is definitely Rogers. Definitely saving money. Yeah, Dan Shulman's the saving grace. In that. He's if, one of the best. If, in the it's, business, if it's yeah. not Dan Shulman and, and, you know, the funny connection uh, from uh, Detroit, uh, Rod Allen, who used to do the color commentary for the uh, Tigers on television for uh, for a good t- while, um, he had posted something about how he had interviewed for something with the Blue Jays and did not get it. And we're, I don't know if it was a radio or, or what it was, but uh, to can that uh, is is it's tough, man. It, uh, you know, Dan, uh, Dan Shulman's great, um, but it, it's a bad look. And I really I, I hate the way that that teams work in, in general or leagues work in general. One team does it and they're like, well, the, you know, after the, the initial anger um, settles down, people are still listening and whatever, maybe we'll do that. And, and you know, I hate to, to see the trickle down from it. So. You mentioned a couple of things there, and I I agree with you guys that this is awful. I think this is terrible, but it's just yet another move by these media empires Mm -hmm. to cut expenses. Mm -hmm. Remember, they're not paying a radio broadcast booth now, so they've saved that money. As from a Blue Jays fan, 
uh, and being at radio stations that carried Blue Jays games with uh, Jerry Howarth and Tom mm-hmm. Cheek, who are among the best ever in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned something. If they do a radio broadcast on TV, that's one thing. But that's not what they're doing here. They're doing a TV broadcast on radio. And if you've ever watched a TV baseball game and then listened to a game on radio, it's completely yeah. different. Now, I agree with you. Dan Schulman, he's among the best in the business. He may be able to carry that. But there are a lot of dead pauses mm-hmm. in a TV baseball broadcast. In radio, you can have that. Yes. So... I think that's completely different. And the other thing, too, with a radio baseball broadcast, these broadcasters told stories to fill that dead air. Mm-hmm. Ernie Harwell, mm-hmm. from a Tigers perspective, right? Uh, Vince Scully with the L.A. Dodgers, right? They told stories to fill that dead air. In baseball, on TV, there's, not a lo- there's some stories being told, but not a lot of those stories. So I just think this is bad. From a baseball fan perspective, mm. and then from a media perspective, and, and uh, I know we've we've been on on this uh, a bit, but um, you know my thinking too. You, sure, you you talk a little bit more. You watch a baseball game on TV. They're not commenting on every single pitch, right? right. It's a ball outside. They just leave it if they're telling a story or something right. like that. But the the other problem too, the baseball maybe on television more than anything else is the cameraman's got. A shot of a kid that's you know just caught a foul ball and waving, and the broadcasters start laughing. Or it's like a Seinfeld and George Costanza sitting there, and he's got ice cream all over his face. Like you're going to have to describe this, and it's going to sound really weird on television because yeah, I can see the guy's got ice cream all over his face. But if you don't describe it, it's dead air, and the people that are listening on the radio don't know why you are just laughing now and and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really really tough and, and the next thing to it too and I, and I won't go on much longer than this is and i rashad you'll be able to echo this with me as well what are the blue jays going to be charging people to get in there once we can get in there right it's going to be scary man right. it's going to be scary uh, the sad thing about this guys and and john i think this is going to happen more often like more broadcasters mm-hmm. are going to see whatever wisdom they think this is that we can just have one broadcast team and and broadcast it on multiple mediums whether it be television radio digital what have you and now it's time for rapid fire are you guys ready yes, yeah let's, let's go, go. wasted enough of your time already Rashad. here let's go are you ready Spring training baseball is underway, and I wanted to get the over-under on wins for the Blue Jays and the Tigers from you guys. Jays, over or under 86 wins, and the Tigers, over or under 66 wins. Jays at 86 wins? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'll go under for the Jays. All right, I'll go over on that one. Okay. I, I, I don't think there's a lot of good teams in the American League. I think they're going to... Their offense is going to beat up on a lot of teams. And I think their pitching stinks. So do I. But I, I think there's. I, that's why I don't think they're going to do great in the playoffs or, or be able to make a run like that. But I think they're going to, you know, beat a lot of teams nine seven. So I'll say over on that one. Uh, what about you, John? You're the Jace fan. I'm always a pessimist. I'm going to go under. That's <laughs> got him under like 22 wins. You're so negative. Why are you have to be so negative? Uh, Tigers over under. What'd you say? 66. 66. Yeah. Just under. 
Okay, I'll I'll take the under on that one too. Okay. I don't I don't think they're very good, and I think uh, any of the players that are good, uh, other than the kids, they'll try to sign them. And uh, I want a higher draft pick. <laughs> and baseball is bringing back in-game video for players just one year after suspending people due to the Astros scandal. Is this a good or a bad move? See, this is a bad look for me. This <laughs> this is, you know, they're hiding it. Uh, nobody talks about it. They've not forced the Astros to take the banners down or renege on the World Series, and now they're giving it back to them. I think this is uh, baseball's way to just kind of brush that era under the carpet and yet introduce it right back into the game. I think this is a bad look, but what I haven't heard that I think I would agree with it is if you get caught, you're suspended for the rest of your life you from move baseball. The, you got to move the team. You lose the team. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, here I thought lose, I was being the tough the cop. You lose the team. You lose the team. Whoa. <laughs> and Matt's going to institute the death penalty for something. <laughs> well, is there anything as a sports fan, specifically as a baseball fan, in the last year and a half that, that we've missed more than being able to actually go to a stadium and boo the Houston Astros? It right. never happened. Right now they're bringing it all the video all back. Like those guys uh, were getting beamed every pitch, basically. Stadium they went in spring training, and nobody got to to cheer or throw anything. Nobody got to bring a garbage pail into the stadium. Like it's the small things we're missing, Rashad. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, staying in Houston, the owner of the Houston Rockets says they'll retire the number thirteen of James Harden. Can you believe that? Come on, that's a joke. I love it. No, you don't. I absolutely love it. No, you don't. (laughs) This is the worst thing I've ever... You're you're being serious, Rashad? I love it. I think it's great. This is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> look, <laughs> look I, got, I got numbers to back me up here. All no, time... Oh, come on! All time... You fr- got numbers? All time franchise history marks. He's won two conference finals, a nine-time All-Star, an MVP, three-time scoring champion. He's won two conference finals? He went to two conference finals. With with Houston? He didn't win any conference finals. No, that doesn't mean anything. He's he's fourth all-time in field goals. That's not great. He's first in three-point field goals. He's got over 1,200 more than the next guy. First in franchise assists. Second all-time in points. I mean, it's it's the franchise. Like, they had Hakeem Elijah won. They've had they won all, titles all with Hakeem Olajuwon. He's up there. He's up he there. He hasn't won anything. So you're, so you're telling me that the Houston Astros, in their fine history, should only have one retired banner, number 34 for Hakeem? No, no, no. <laughs> like Charles Barkley played for them. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> the only thing James Harden they should retire with him is the meal that he ate at Denny's every time to gain the 40 pounds that he had to start this season. That's the Look, only thing they I should retire. I think it's great. I think it I think it's a great move. I think it's one last ditch effort for James oh, Harden to uh, maybe remember that at some point he had a good time in Houston before he goes off and joins his buddies and sure. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> And uh, the briar gets started this week. I am not a curling fan. Do you guys care? No, I've never curled. I've always wanted to. I've never been curling. I've curled. Have you? Not very well, but wow, you. sure. You were um, half a case in, and it was nine thirty in the morning. Well, the best part of curling is the drinking. That's, that's right. <laughs> so, no, it's that's something we should do. But no, I don't care. Can you name a curler other than? Uh, isn't there a, a go uh, ger, gersoy? Is that what? 
Rachel Homan, Kevin, right? Kevin Gersoy, is that a guy? Did I just who make that upper shot? Talking about <laughs> who is? Who He's like the James Harden of curling, oh man. My gosh. Um, was there someone named Schmurler? I remember Schmurler. Sandra. Sandra. Yeah. How do you guys Kevin, not know this? Kevin Gersoy. He's from here. He's from LaSalle. Oh, my God. He should be. He should have his number retired <laughs> at the Volmer Complex the in tennis. LaSalle. <laughs> and, <laughs> Come my on. One only, my one and only memory of curling is sitting and watching it in college. And uh, one of our uh, one of our roommates, he was a curler in high school, and uh, someone was about to t- attempt a really difficult shot, and he said, "I wouldn't try that shot." And then our other buddy says, "That's why they're there, and you're sitting here." <laughs> <laughs> I covered the mixed national championships in Owen Sound when okay. they had the national mixed curling championships in Owen Sound, and it was one of the most fun times I've ever had. Uh, the curling was pretty good, but the after party was even better. By the way, Kevin Gersow is a hockey player, so he's not even that <laughs> curl. I, I just made this guy up. <laughs> I just made him up. He played junior B hockey with the with Chatham. <laughs> and I, he had 17 pancakes at Denny's. Yeah, and he was a great curler. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, no, no, we're not watching it, Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about this? Uh, the new Borat movie won two Golden Globes on the weekend. Did you guys watch that? I watched Borat. We did. We watched it. was it, pretty uh, good. Yeah, we watched it at my place. Did you like the first one or the second one better? Ooh, good question. Uh, I think I liked the second one better, actually. Did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was really good. It was funny. I, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to believe that that's the funniest movie that, right. that came out this year, but what really did? So That was I, probably the biggest thing about the Golden Globes, is all these movies that were nominated. Never were heard like, of some of them. None of them would ever get nominated in a normal year. Yeah, yeah, but let's... Hey, you win it, doesn't matter who you were uh, up against, you still win it. You know what I heard? One of the nominees for Best Picture is like a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> 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 well, let's watch it. What is that movie? I yeah, want to watch find it. Well, I want to watch it. You know, I, I have seen some good shows, like Schitt's Creek is fantastic, good mm-hmm. Canadian show. The Queen's Gambit, I thought, was really good, okay. and I was glad to see that it was nominated for a bunch of awards. But uh, honestly, I think most of them would never get nominated in a normal I, period. I, I doubt it. No, I agree with you. And I guess on that note, uh, wrapping up our sports show for today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, but we have another show coming out on Friday. It's called the OT. Yes, it's going to be great. Uh, we're going to have a special guest. We're going to have a great time chatting with him and getting to know him a little bit more and, and an important role that, that he has in, in something that we really hope we get to talk a lot about really, really soon. Yeah, we got so much positive feedback about the Steve Bell episodes that we thought we'd we'd have more guests on mm-hmm. upcoming shows on the podcast in the weeks ahead. So uh, this guy, we won't give the guest away. Former pro player, now working as a coach. Mm-hmm. That's all we'll tell you. So uh, stay tuned for the next episode when it comes out uh, later this week on Friday. And I was, I'm looking up great curlers and I, I don't know. <laughs> Still got nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. Kevin Gersoy, if you're listening, bud, I, I apologize. And congratulations on your uh, curling career. <laughs> hey, you can uh, let us know what you think about the show <laughs> and curlers for that matter yeah. on social media. media. You can follow us at podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. Search for future considerations on Facebook. Uh, you can also email us too, right, John? 
That's right. Uh, send us your feedback, suggestions, show ideas, even your own hot takes, maybe on the Golden Globes. Uh, if you could disagree or agree with us at futureconsiderations at gmail.com. Yeah, and like, let us know who we offended this week, because last <laughs> week we got onto the e-gamers. This yes. week I've offended the curlers. Apparently some people didn't like our daft puck suggestions. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm sure we've pissed you off at some point in the last 45 minutes. Let us know how. And you can listen to us wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you get them. Thanks for listening in. Send us your feedback. Send us show ideas. And thanks for listening to For Future Consideration. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.